Welcome to the Fearless Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Smith, and I am so glad that you are here. Every episode, we talk all things life, business, and being a woman in this crazy and beautiful world. I hope that you find something today to take with you and build a life that you love and that serves people. All right, hey friends, welcome to this episode with Can you believe it? Micah May of May Designs. This might have been just like a tiny bit of a fangirl moment for me. Um, But I'm so glad that you're listening and I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. It was truly just just a wonderful moment um, and such an exciting time. And I'm so thankful that she took some time to talk to us and share her story and um, some great advice. Okay, so we are just going to get right to it. Here is my interview with Micah May. Okay, um, Micah May, welcome to the Fearless Women Podcast. I am so excited to have you today. Thank you for having me. I'm so Good. excited to be here. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I just want you to share who you are and what you do and where you're from. So I am living in Austin. I feel like I finally arrived in my in my home, my home place, I never want to leave. And I'm like a person who loves to move and, and change out my life. And so I just, um, I arrived in Austin like three and a half years ago and I feel like it, it's my home and it's my people. So I'm thrilled to death that I can say I'm from Austin, um, or at least that's where I am now. I don't plan to leave. And married to my best friend ever, Jonathan May, and we've got three kids. Um, they are five, I think eight and nine. Is that right? Right now in this moment, they're eight and nine, um, five, eight and nine. So, um, then I started a lifestyle brand called me designs almost 10 years ago. We're coming I up was on just thinking year. about that. I was like, has it been 10 years? That's crazy. 10 very long, exhausting years. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So awesome. I've been doing a lifestyle brand that's kind of ebbed and flowed with different products and you know my favorite my favorite thing is the shiny things so yes that I've been doing for I love it that's so great so I want to dive into the May Designs story because I think some people are that are listening probably are like yes of course I know what May Designs is especially if they follow me they're like of course we know because Amanda's always sharing her favorite new thing from May Designs um But tell us that story in a nutshell, from the moment you were coming up with these ideas and wanting to create to like scaling it to this full blown business now. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't have a business plan. Like that was not part of my thing. You know, my story is not, I had an idea and then I wrote it all down and I 
built a board of advisors and then I raised a bunch of money and I launched a business. That is just not my story. My story is I was doing something completely different. I was supporting my husband in seminary. He was, we were in Dallas at the time. Um, and originally when he even said, Hey, I think I want to go back to school. I want to do like counseling. Can you think you can provide for us? Do you think you can make enough money somehow? I don't even care what you do for us to live for a little while. I'm like, yes, I got this babe, you know? So from that moment though, I arrived in Dallas and like, didn't really know how school long school was. I was suddenly like, Oh, three years for me to fully support every our whole life right any vacations and mortgage and we started a family by then i was i wasn't fully aware of what i had signed up for and um anyway so i was doing a lot of different things i loved to sell so i was selling makeup i was selling like i was doing marketing for a doctor and kind of selling his practice going driving around and giving out pamphlets and like Introducing other doctors, basically almost pharmaceutical sales, but for a human and a practice. Um, and then I was doing graphic design on the side and had started this kind of design business, which was my passion and my heartbeat. And the thing that actually ended up producing most amount of the income for our family, which was what is so cool too, right? I was doing all these other things just to try and help ends meet. But really, if I, as soon as I kind of weeded out those things and focused on my design and kind of logo business, started building websites. That was a new thing at the time. Um, that was what really took off. And so most of my time I was doing design and that was when I am a pen and paper person. And so I had made a little tiny notebook with my logo on it and took it to a logo client and said, you know, I'm just writing notes for what I'm going to design for her logo. And she said, okay, can we stop talking about my logo for just a minute? But when I'm done with the logo, when you're done, can I get these notebooks with my logo on them? And so that was kind of the first moment when I came home to my husband and I just said, hey, I've got, a, I've got an idea. I don't know if this will flush out or if more people would want these, but this person wants pricing for these notebooks. And he just said, this is this is awesome. And as we were starting to think through family, you know, I mean, my logo, I was, I was, I'm only available X amount of hours during the day, right? Because your time is your time. And, you know, he, we were kind of like, well, what if, what if we put these online and people could buy them or you design it once and you sell 10,000, that's a scalable thing, right? Yeah. It's a product, not a service. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I kind of, that's how the very beginning, that's how it started. It's just I'm so curious. You said you made your first notebook, like did like literally like went to Hobby Lobby, got all the supplies. <laughs> totally. Yep. <laughs> I printed it out on, actually, I think I started with stickers. Like I think I, like Moo had just started. It was really revolutionary to, to do a business card that was different, right? That wasn't, you have to print 2000 of one thing, right? And as a designer, I love to change my mind. And I like, I think whatever I designed last week is like old news. And so Moo had come around and you could get all these different business cards. And so I think they had launched stickers. And so I uploaded my logo to a sticker and put it on my notebook and then it just progressed from there. So yeah, no, I printed out, um, actually then put my logo on a design, like a striped pattern, um, and printed it out on a piece of cardstock and folded yeah. it over and round cornered it and stapled it with those old school staplers that can go really far. So I just had made them very 
casually. Yeah. I love it. So for you, like as Micah, as a person, have you always been this kind of like do it yourself, go getter person, or did this kind of spark that in you once you were trying to provide? No, I've been like this. <laughs> like forever. <laughs> me for sure. <laughs> um, it's kind of a it's a blessing and a curse, just like everything, right? Everyone's yeah. strengths have um, I wouldn't even say a dark side, but just <laughs> challenges that come along, right? I don't I don't have a deep dark side to <laughs> my craziness. But um yeah, I love to blaze I love to blaze my own path and um, that feels more comfortable to me than actually just doing the, like the typical thing. Right. You know, even in school at A&M, you know, I was, I was a business minor and people were getting their suits ready for the career fair. And I'm like, why are you, what are you doing? Like, that's, that's the, that's the thing that we have to do. Why don't we just go knock on doors or show up? And, you know, I just went a different route always. And so, yeah. um, I think the answer is, yeah, I guess I've probably always been like this. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I love it. Uh, and, and so now May Designs is this huge, successful brand. Um, you guys have been featured in like countless different forms of media. Um, what has been your favorite, like still to this day is like, that was my favorite moment. Oh gosh. That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think there were so many, I think, I think as, entrepreneur or as a dreamer and someone who believes that it's the good things will come back. Not like mm. karma, you know, <laughs> weird voodoo situation where you just put it out there and it's going to come back. But I think believing and hoping and expecting the good things to come from the positive activity that you're doing. And so I, there was a moment where we were, um, we were, we were just five girls in my garage apartment, basically like a garage, garage. It was like a little whole like man cave that I turned into the media science corporate, whatever in Houston. And, you know, we were, I was just grassroots PR sending out samples to people. And we had gone to the national stationery show and met someone. She's this amazing woman Mm -hmm. who had said, Oh, I want to feature your stuff for do you have pink books we're doing a big like breast cancer awareness do you give back and I said yes and so there had been some activity and then it kind of like died so there wasn't any momentum anymore they're like oh, which to okay. me <laughs> I know I'm like oh that kind of well let's hit them up for Thanksgiving they're like let's sure. hit them up for xyz so yeah. we joke in our office anytime that a Chicago num- area area code number would call my phone which was always spam or whatever that we would say it's Oprah right? Like, Oh, it's Chicago number. It's Oprah calling. And it was just a funny joke. And it made it fun as like this hopeful expectation that Oprah is going to one day call me. And it happened. It totally happened where her main right-hand person, and it wasn't for the magazine and it wasn't for, um, like Oprah's favorite things. It was for her school in Africa. They want, they had found out about May designs and wanted to customize journals for all of the girls and the students that were at our school. And so when I, it was just funny because I'm like, oh, it's, it's over calling. And I'm like, hi, this is Micah. And, you know, it's like, hi, is, you know, is this May Designs? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, gosh, maybe it's her on the boat. Anyway, so I think that was a, it was just a cool moment um, that I think too, the extra, all the hustle of the, what I thought that I wanted of 
kind of being named as one of Oprah's favorite things or just getting in the magazine, we got something so much cooler than I would have ever even dreamed of, which was a photo of Oprah holding these, all these books that these girls was just, it's called Life 101. It's the name of the class. And it was just her educating all, on all of their team there of how to equip these young girls, how to succeed from all the different things from domestic lives to business lives and starting micro businesses over there. It was amazing. So I think that was a super cool moment because it was not what I anticipated. And I was so pleasantly surprised with the result. Yeah. And it sounds like it was so much more impactful and meaningful than if it had just been something else, you know? Totally. Yes. I think, yeah, you never know. um, You never know the impact of something until it is live and it's happening. But anyway, that's what makes it kind of magical. Yeah. So there's been lots of highs and lots of lows in the growth of May Designs. And so I remember hearing your story on um, Jamie Ivey's podcast. This was like a while ago. Um, And I remember you telling the story of you, I think you went on some kind of some show and you showed your books and then you had all of these orders the next yeah. day. Tell us that little story and like how, I, cause I feel like that was a very pivotal moment for you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like the most pivotal moment. Yeah. Um, so many people ask, you know, what was the moment that you decided to quit your like day job or that you knew that May Designs was like, the main thing you were supposed to do. And it was, it was that moment for sure. Because yeah, we had appeared on Good Morning America and I had two little kids at home and it was just me, myself and I, there was no team. There was nothing. It was just kind of this hobby that I had made look bigger than it was. And, um, like, sure. I'll set up a conference sent like a call center when it was 1-800, I don't even know what the number was. And it just would email me the voicemail, you know, it would, you would leave a message and I'm like, hi, push one to speak to our, um, ordering department. Right. And then I'm like, Jonathan, can you leave, pretend like you're the warehouse for shipping oh my fulfillment? God. and like got all my friends to have like a different voice on every number. I mean, it was all just me and, the, and I, so there was funny. no, there was no, I mean, there was a real number, but it would dictate the voicemails just to email, which made it easier because you could just read it real quick and then respond to the person, you know, without calling them back, which was what takes very long when you have thousands of voicemails and people asking questions. So, yeah. So, um, anyway, I had appeared on the show and we had hoped for a couple thousand orders, maybe at the max and got 33,000 like in a couple hours. And so, um, yeah, after a couple major panics, I, I don't, I don't think I left my house for like at least three days. And, um, yeah, I think that moment was, I didn't know what to do. I trusted my instincts to be able to figure it out. And I think that up until that very moment, I was actually able to pull it off you know, or I think, okay, I don't know how to print 10,000, but I'll figure it out. And a lot of the time, time is on your side. If you had months to figure out how to print 10,000 books, which had happened to me earlier with a big conference, women of faith, it's like, Hey, we want 10,000 books. I'm like, okay, let me get back with you. And time wasn't as of the essence, right? 
December 1st, 33,000 orders of people who want their book yesterday. And I have no idea, no database, no anything set up. It was just a different level of like anxiety and full on panic. And so there was one moment that I basically was just in a fetal position in my house, crying hysterically, just like make it all go away. Like I've got thousands of dollars in my bank account because the money got deposited, right? It's a, it's a crazy genius business model because it's like a mini Kickstarter all the time where customers pay for the good and I don't make it, right? So in case you're not familiar with May Designs, we have very limited inventory. Like our inventory is now our agendas and some of the inside pages that we have, but our covers are all completely on demand and our inside pages were at that time too. And so we basically had nothing on the shelves. And as soon as we get an order, we are, the money goes into a bank account and then it's in holding, waiting so that we can pay our vendors and they make it and ship it out. And so I basically was sitting on the money, looking at it, staring at it, like, what, how can I make sure that this, I'm doing the honorable thing and I have no idea how to get these orders out the door. And so that was just like a level of gut-wrenching panic that I had never fully been in a place to experience before. And I, I woke, I woke my husband up, not intentionally, but I think because I was crying so loudly <laughs> and he got up and was like, are you, what is oh happening? Goodness. You're having a mental breakdown. And, you know, I literally, I think I at this point, like crawled up either onto the couch or onto him and just was like, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to make it. And yeah. he just said, babe, you've got this. This was the moment you were born for. And I believe in you. And I think that that was exactly what I needed to hear. And it gave me this like superhuman almost fuel, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. I, I think he, I think he made me a sandwich or something like legit (laughs) put on a cup of coffee (laughs) and hadn't eaten. And I think he just made me and like fed my physical body and then fed my little mental soul and just said, I believe in you. And if there's anyone that can pull this off, it's you. So think outside the box. I will handle anything and everything that we need for the kids, right? I have Jackson who has special needs and I I think I had a one-year-old who I just, it was holiday. It was December 3rd or 4th. And I'm thinking about a Christmas tree and like my advent calendar. What am I going to do with these kids? And he's, he kind of like, let's bring in your mom. My mom lives in Canada. Let's bring in a mother-in-law. Like they will just handle it. And you fly to the production facility. You need to go and do whatever you need to do. And so I did. I left. I think right then at 3 a.m. I booked a flight and I was I was gone by six. So I woke my kids up. I ate a sandwich. I'm like, bye, babes. I love y'all. I don't know when I'm coming back, but I am coming back. And I showed up to my production facility at like 9 a.m. and just said, okay, let's do this. And trained the team how to stitch. And we overnighted more sewing machines and figured out how to get it all done and out the door. And I just didn't leave until everything was shipped. So... So a lot of this has been built on like building the plane as you fly, which is awesome, which I don't ever think it's a bad thing because that's kind of how I operate because I I feel like I'm a little bit like you. So was it a lot of like, let me Google all of this really quick? Or um, did you already have contacts? Did you have to like put stuff on a credit card? And like, I'm thinking business-wise, 
how much is this going to cost? And then all you have the orders paid for. And how do you figure out how to get this done so fast? Right. It was a crazy thing. And, you know, I think, yeah, building credit, I didn't have a limit high enough for the paper that we needed. You know, I was trying to buy $20,000 worth of like envelopes and, and stuff for stationery um, or mailers and all that kind of stuff. It was just expedited. You know, people were just moving slow. I'm like, I need a FedEx account rep today. I can't, I cannot even wait nine hours. Right. So a lot of it was this tyranny of the urgent. And honestly, it was less Google search bar and it was negotiations and Hey, okay. It sounds like you're not able to help me. Is there someone else I could talk to? Like, I just did not hang up and did not take no for an answer and just kept asking for the next like highest rung person who would allow me to get my credit limit up to 25,000. And I'm like, look, I have the money. I will just, I'm going to hang up and I'll just pay it off. And then can I charge another $25,000 today? How fast can you expedite? So a lot of it was just, again, thinking outside the box, coming up with a solution that did not fit the normal thing, right? For the financial industry or the shipping industry, even the manufacturing industry, right? They've never sewn paper before at my, at this facility. So it was even just like teaching people how to backstitch perfectly and trim effectively so that we could get their 2,500 orders out the door every day, right? And just an efficient way of even literally moving down the line. And so um, trying to get quick dry ink so we could print 30,000 of an item and it would dry and be ready to pair with the covers the next day. So a lot of it was, no, not just like me in a quiet room Googling. It was like, okay, how do, what do we need? Okay. Who knows the best? Who's, who's, who knows about ink? Let's call that guy, right? Like who knows about web development? Let's call him. And if they didn't know, I literally just said, okay, who do you know? That's like an expert more than you. And let, mm-hmm. and I would just call them. Yeah. That's amazing. So. I love it. So I kind of want to backtrack for those people who are listening, who have their own business or side hustle, and they are looking at, okay, they have this vision, they have this, um, whether it's a product or a service and they are maybe stuck and they don't know, and maybe they're at the beginning of their business, or maybe they're at a point that they want to kind of start over or revamp. Um, what is your advice as far as like, branding and finding clarity and effectively communicating this is kind of a big question but effectively communicating who they are or what their brand is all about and their goal and their mission so i see yeah i see a lot cuz personally like i you know have still even thought about these things lately and just trying to figure out the different things that i do but i see a lot of people struggling to because they're, you know, they, they feel like they have to be an expert in graphic design. They feel like they have to be an expert, you know, and especially if you're at the beginning of your business, you don't have that X amount of capital or just all of this backfunded dollars to go hire a bajillion people to just make it look pretty for you. So lining up your branding and because if you are wearing all the hats, you know, how can you do it all and make it all look cohesive? Right. Okay. So this feels like a twofold question, but I think let's speak to branding and kind of if you're launching a product or a brand or whatever your service might be, um, a tangible good or a service, in my opinion, you can feel it, especially in the world now of, I mean, I, 
there wasn't Instagram when I started the brand, but there were websites. And so if people arrived on May Design's site, then it looked super corporate. That was not how I am, right? So, and I went that route for a minute, right? I was kind of, I put together, because I am a designer, I was able to put together a couple looks just for fun. That was like, oh, I'm gonna watch a movie and dream up what my website's gonna look like. And here's one mock-up and here's mock-up number two, right? Let's just try these on text my friends pictures and see which one resonates with them. It was all a quick no brainer to them when the whimsical, crazy, wild, weird font, like very typographical kind of website was the one that they all gravitated towards because they were like, well, this is you. I feel like I'm knocking on my gamay's door. Um, and then the product I'm going to get is reflective of exactly who you are. Um, but I was very worried and nervous to alienate because I was, I actually started with more corporate branded books. So I was thinking, you know, man, most of the world at this time, not all of it, but it was predominantly a male driven, whether it was financial industries, attorney, all the firms and the people that I had connected with were the men were the ones making those decisions, but my designs much more feminine. And so I thought if my website is feminine and whimsical, no one's, I'm going to alienate an entire, the main target market I'm going after. And so I think, yeah. And so I switched it. I basically just said, you know what? I can't pretend to be this corporate persona. And ultimately that's probably not the route I want to go because I'm obsessed with allowing people to enter into the customization process. And I had this kind of website of my dreams back in my mental mind palace, but none of that was a thing, you know, 10 years ago where you could get on and actually live preview a thing and interact with a website. That wasn't a thing, but that was a hope. And so I just went with my gut and trusted it and went all in on kind of the Micah May crazy, my own, whatever my personal brand might have been, I made it that. Um, and I feel so happy and grateful for that. And it's been a challenge for sure to stay true to that, whether it's People coming in, right? They even have a different natural aesthetic. Like our creative director, I love her so much. And I think she's, we both rubbed off on each other now after six years of spending every single day together where I'm starting to buy things in like gold and mustard and she's buying things in blush, right? <laughs> and so we rub off on each other. But I think that's where it makes it so excellent mm-hmm. is having a different point of view come in and make your brand so much stronger. But I think so many people also say, well, you don't have anything for men or you don't have anything for X, Y, Z. And it feels alienating, which is not the goal. We're just trying to go all in on our target market. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not sure if that fully answers your question. No, yeah, it's great. In terms of branding, I would say people are, I mean, the, the biggest trend I think coming up for 2019 is, feeling like you're connecting with someone that's authentic and that isn't trying to, I don't know, just sell you something that's big and fancy and corporate, right? Like we all want the thing that your best friend recommends for you to get, you know, whether it's a coffee mug or a notebook or candle. If someone's like, Ooh, I love the smell, but this candle literally doesn't even like, I have to light it 12 times. That's not going to be efficient for me. And I'm not going to buy that. You know, I want, I'm going to look for brands that feel super authentic. And so, yeah, from your voice, the color, every part of your communication with the brand, whether it's, again, a post, a photo, the way you edit your pictures, setting up those branding guidelines to fully reflect exactly what it is you're wanting to convey is 
critical. And I think, I think the most valuable thing that you said that at least super resonate resonated with me was that you brought in other eyes and other people and not even people that were like working for you. You said at the very beginning, you just text a picture to your friends of to like, Hey, friends. which ones do you, which one looks like me? And cause I think if you are like the sole person, you know, wearing all the hats and running your business on your own, you get so stuck with yourself and right. you know, I can go ask my husband and, and like bounce ideas off of him. But number one, he's a boy. <laughs> and number two, he, I don't want to like continue to, to pound that into his head. And, and so I need fresh eyes and fresh ears, um, to, to get outside of my own head, you know, mm-hmm. and I, so I think that's so valuable and very simple, um, for the overthinkers out there, probably like me, that's really valuable. Um, so a couple more questions and then I want to talk about, um, family and, and things like that. But I was thinking about, um, just growing, people are really hungry, at least in in my audience or, you know, that listen to this show, um, and in the community that I have here in Dallas, they're so hungry to just grow their business and they are so stuck and they don't know how. And I think there's a huge component of they don't know how to sell effectively without being salesy. That's like the biggest phrase that I hear. Um, and so I would love to hear your thoughts on that because you said you love to sell things and obviously you're great at it. Oh, this is such a great topic and I have so much to say. So I'll try and rein it in. Um, and I don't think I've like, said a lot of this before, but I think, so, okay. Right now we're in a unique space where it feels like in the Insta famous world or Insta success that you put a product up. And if you, if you just do that, then like, and run a couple ads, you're going to be selling, you know, you're going to be a million dollar company tomorrow. So first of all, this is so, this phenomenon is extremely new. Anyway, for everyone, everyone is kind of walking through this together um, in terms of kind of the social media success, Mm -hmm. which that's probably another conversation. So I will, I will pause that, but I am saying, I think that that alone has almost tainted what people's expectations of success looks like because it's so, um, it's just so on display right now, right? It's just very public, right? The amount of likes or comments or things. Well, yeah, not only are you living in your own echo chamber of things that you're looking at and feeding and commenting on and all that, but I think it feels like, oh, well, so-and-so has X amount of followers and blah, 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 or their feed is really perfect, so they must be successful. I am just the person that's like, that does not mean it's true. That is not true. And so I love my, my, where I love to live is going back and finding the founders and the owners trying to research their stories and then looking at what is their either personal, like Instagram look like and feel like, what are they talking about? What are they passionate about? Mm -hmm. And then going back to the roots of how they got started, which, you know, the, how I built this podcast is one of my absolute favorites because it's so many people that are doing crazy ways to boost their business. So back to selling, Mm -hmm. I don't love to sell 
necessarily. I love to share the things that I love and that I'm passionate about. And that's a big difference to me. And so, so many people are like, oh, I don't want to be too pushy. Oh, I don't want to. I'm like, I am not going to be ashamed to tell you how awesome our tumblers are because they are awesome. They are so cool. And so they're great. They're great for everything. Like I literally travel with them and I put my coffee in them or my water or my wine or my roses on a walk or my ice cream at night. I bring a little tea bag and feel like I'm ultra glamorous with free water at the airport. Right. So to me, (laughs) me sharing that or posting a moment that is like, you too can have this thing. Mm -hmm. Isn't necessarily this, like, I'm going to push it down your throat. I just feel so happy to share it. And so I want on the recipient side to look and fill my mind with things that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I know about this thing now. Yeah. I think I just, yeah, it's, it feels like a wonderful thing when you feel so thankful that you found out about something that you didn't know about before. And so I'm always remembering how that feels like and hopes that I can do that for someone else. Oh, I didn't know I could customize notebooks for everyone at my Thanksgiving table. That's a great gift. I'm going to do that. Or I'm going to drag my logo over here. It's 9 p.m. I just found out about this company. I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to (laughs) wait for a proof. I drag it over and I've checked out and voila, I now have whatever, 10, 20, 400 custom notebooks that look so beautiful. And anyway, so I think empowering people with what you might have, whether it's selling or sharing your story or curating a moment for them. You're inviting someone into this space that's yours. And that I think is what is so powerful. And so, yeah, it's not like I love to sell. I'm just an extremely passionate verbal processor and an extrovert. (laughs) And so I just want to shout from the rooftops when I love something. And so it's, you know, sometimes they're mine and it's great because we get money coming back in that we can do more fun things with. But there's so much stuff that, I mean, I'm just shouting, oh, I love this book. You should get it. You know, but there's yeah. nothing in it for me. If yeah. people do oh, yeah. that, I just want to share. So. Yeah, that's so funny because I I feel like that is how I am. And so <laughs> one of my friends like messaged me through my stories yesterday or yeah, yesterday. And I shared like some random different things like this clothing store that I love and they were having a sale. And then um, like I was, I'm still in the middle of Jamie Abbey's book that I'm reading. And so it was like, a random assortment of things, but like, I'm like you, I'm like, I just want to share my excitement with you guys about like these really cool things because I think you would like them too, you know? And she, she was like, what are all these random things? I was like, I'm just so excited about it all. (laughs) And I don't know that she was like super into the rest of it, but, um, but yeah. Okay. So I think that's great. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say one last thing is yeah. for those women, whoever it is, you were saying like, these are my people and they're stressed out and they're, they're stuck, right? Mm-hmm. When you're mm-hmm. stuck either perpetually, right? Like months and months of, oh my gosh, yes. I don't know what to do. That might require some heavy lifting from advisors or people that don't be afraid to ask for help. First of all, like if you're yeah. stuck, there's probably a reason why. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're just too close and you're in it and you can't see because you're just too close. Mm-hmm. And so I think, especially when you're transparent and you're rewarding people for their time that they're going to give you, mm-hmm. you know, so many people are like, oh, 
can I get a call with you? I want some advice. I'm like, if you tell me what very specific advice you need, and I have time to think about a really good answer of how I can actually think about practical help for you, then yes, let's sign up for a call. But yeah. just to just talk is really challenging for people who want to give their advice. And so um, I think, first of all, I would say for people who are stuck, I would get help and possibly just free help, right? I call yeah. it my margarita mamas or my like yeah. Cabernet council, whatever you want to call <laughs> your, your people, your besties. And I have yes. all kinds of different ones that I'm like, okay, it's an emergency. I need a focus group over here. Can you guys all come over? I'll give you breakfast tacos and coffee. I need you to fill these blankets and write an Amazon review because we're about to launch these. Can you all come and do that? Right. I'm not paying fancy influencers. I might give them all a manicure and a gift card or whatever, but people love to feel like they're a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And so I would say if you're stuck, ask for help. But I think Sarah Blakely, who founded Sphinx, she basically posted a picture of herself today that said, we're 15 years in and here's like a throwback to me that had a shirt printed that said Spanx that I basically wore every single day because people ask me, what is Spanx? Right? That is literally what she did every day. She wore the same, it wasn't let me just buy another Facebook ad or let me see if I can do something on Instagram, right? Like, I think we're just in this world where we've got to get outside of that and think, okay, I'm going to wear a t-shirt. I'm going to carry a Tumblr around to my school meeting, to my this, to my that. Every single place I go, I'm either holding onto a notebook or a Tumblr because to me, or in my phone case, right? Because that's just a walking, talking, breathing, no word for the brand and for me and even the way you dress all of it you know I remember walking in once to a meeting who I think the guy thought I was a guy right Micah I walked in and it was for a website like wait, like years ago like nine years ago where I was trying to negotiate a website and all this fancy stuff so I go to this big corporate meeting and um he's like oh this makes sense you were exactly like the mock-ups that you've been sending me, but I thought you were a guy. And I walked in with my dress and my heels and my bag. And I just was like, oh, yes, you're clearly my command. I see now. Uh, anyways, I think there's people who don't want to sell, like you've got to, you're never going to sell anything that you're not, you don't love yourself. And so if you can't get passionate about your thing, whether it's skincare you're selling out of your trunk or a bag that you're carrying or whatever, <laughs> like, and yeah. you shouldn't be in the business of selling product or a service, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. meals. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I, I actually just started doing, um, just that because I, I think we try to reinvent the wheel too much, especially like you said, with so I'm hosting a conference this next year. It'll be our like second annual thing and it's called fearless. And so I launched a um, merch shop. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to buy the hoodie. I'm going to wear it all. And then I'm going to grab, I think I bought like a mug or something. And I'm going to use that mug at school uh, like during the day and people, because that's, first of all, that's relatively free and cheap. And so but, it, but then again, like you're a walking, talking billboard and people are going to be like, what's that? And then it gives you an opportunity to share because totally. you're excited and it's just so, so smart. Um, so I want to talk about 
you and your mom, you, I want to talk about Jackson and your kids and like being a mom. And of course, everybody's like, how do you balance it all? And I put on an episode called work-life balance. And I personally think it's just a myth. I don't think that there's like this Oh, I found balance now. Right. And like that's nailed really- it. Lock it in. <laughs> uh, nailed it. Let me give you my secret. Here's the recipe. Um, but what has that been like? Like for your marriage, for your kids, and like picking them up from school and all the things. So um it's a new day every day. That's the truth. There is no magical mm-hmm. formula, but I think as a mom you've got to trust your gut and you're going to know I'm an expert at my kids. I'm not an expert at all nine-year-olds or eight-year-olds or five-year-olds, but I am an expert at Harper, Mm -hmm. Madeline, and Jackson. And so that is where I can feel in an instant, like, oh man, you know, I can see a little attitude or sadness or fill in the blank of whatever. And each kid is totally different, right? How they're, they're processing maybe, they're needing more time with me or they're needing more collective family together time, or they're needing less time with me because I'm annoying or whatever it is. Um, and so, man, I lean into my mama gut for those moments and they're good signals of kind of where that balance is and I can feel it. And then I try and really shift things and say, okay, oh my goodness, I've been traveling a ton. And so I know that I'm going to do X, Y, and Z even though I might not be able to change my schedule or it's Q4 and it's crazy or I'm working later nights or fill in the blank, you know, it's an ebb and a flow. And so for me, I know, okay, I'm going to be traveling a a ton. I'm going to make sure that I'm waking up early because I hate waking up. It's like my least favorite moment every day. I'm so annoyed and sad that like, I'm like pumped (laughs) about the day, but I'm always almost feel behind no matter what time it is. I feel behind. And like, I just can't wait to get Uh going, but I love my bed and I'm cozy. And I think too, probably as a mom, I've got Jackson comes in bed all the time. So I just don't even feel like I've slept in nine years, like straight through. So I just kind of feel perpetually tired. And so, but it's those waking up early, making coffee so that I'm the first set of eyes that they see as soon as they come down the stairs and whether it's two minutes or five minutes or 20 minutes, just giving them that extra eye contact that they need to have that extra spring in their step as they go about their day. So those are just little practical Mm -hmm. things that for me, if I know I'm traveling, um, I mean, getting down physically on their level, telling them how much they mean to me and how special they are, like words of affirmation, eye contact. And then I'm such a future forward thinker that that means a lot for me to look forward to things. And so I book dates. So a lot of times, you know, I'll be in bed with Madeline or Harper. I'm like, okay, name three things that you'd be so excited to do on Thursday. And we're, I'm going to pick you up from school and we're going to go do, you know, and then sometimes there's just like, I want to fly a kite or I want to go get ice cream or I just want to walk, take a walk. Yeah. You know, Harper started these things she calls moonwalks, which is in our pajamas, like right <laughs> at dusk. We go out and sometimes I don't even put shoes on. I'm like, let's just go on a moonwalk oh like God. right now. And we just leave. I don't even say bye to my husband half the time. It's just me and her. And we just go look for pretty oh, things. So magical. We go look for pretty things on our street. <laughs> we make it one block, but it means the world to yeah. her. And it's only whatever, eight, nine, 12 minutes, like nothing in the grand scheme of work-life balance, right? And so 
to me, it's knowing your own like kids and what they need or your marriage and what your spouse needs. Um, Mm -hmm. So we do a date night every Thursday. We've had it on our books for a decade or however long I've been married, Mm -hmm. I guess 13 years. Um, And like, unless there's an event that I'm speaking at or I can't get out of a flight, I'm, we're there. And we have a standing sitter that always comes. And if finances are tight, we will eat ahead of time before the sitter comes and just go sit somewhere, right? Or we'll take a walk, right? Now there's like these scooters. So part of our date this coming Thursday is (laughs) we're just going to get on a scooter and just scoot and see what, see where we land. Um, So I think the work-life balance, you'll know, you'll know when it's out of whack and you can make adjustments and then, yeah, you've got to write it out, right? Right now it's Q4. I'm at at the office at six o'clock. That's not where I want to be. I want to be at home eating chili with my family. But right now, the most important thing (laughs) is that our email calendar is locked in and our social calendar, like all of the things that are going to help me design to thrive and be successful so that I can actually like have a week in at home during Christmas, this is the crunch time yeah. and it's okay. And knowing that and just moving forward in those moments where of course I'd rather pick up my kids and go home and make coffee and sit around. Like that is what I would rather do, <laughs> but that's not the right choice for this yeah. season. And you know, does, does that make yeah. sense? So. Yeah. Do you ever have, I hear a lot of moms and I don't know. I know a lot of moms who are stay at home moms. And then I know a lot of working moms and we don't have kids yet. And so I'm thinking, I know that I'm going to be a working mom, whether it's continuing to teach or going full time with my businesses. Do you have guilt? (laughs) I'm so nervous to like have guilt because I hear about different moms saying like, I just feel so guilty. I just feel so bad. I feel so, cause I'm not there cause I'm whatever, but I don't hear that in you. No, I'm not guilty because guilt, I mean, there's moments where maybe I wish things were different, but they're not, I'm, I am who I am. And I am, I believe that I'm, God chose me to be the mother of my kids. Jackson, Harper, and Madeline have Mike and May as their mama. And I'm not, Mm-hmm. Not that I'm like, can't change, but you're, you are who you are, right? You always, yes, this is not about like, you can't change kind of podcast, but I'm saying in the green yes, scheme no. of like my personality <laughs> and how I was born, right? I'm yes. always blazing a new path. I'm always looking forward to new things. That's I'm you. always going to be planning parties that are extravagant. I'm always going to be opening up our home to host more people. Like it's always <laughs> a little bit crazy. And that is just how I am. And God gave me kids that either can or can't handle that. And it ebbs and flows even then, right? And I've got my sweet youngest, yeah. my youngest one is, a, she's a very quiet introvert. And so we've even had to adjust oh. how we're hosting and bringing people into our home because it affects her. And I've been starting to mm-hmm. interview all my friends who are number fours on the Enneagram and introverts to say, what do I do? What do I do with her? Like, help me love her because I don't, I'm not an introvert and I'm, I don't feel all the feels. And so how can I help her thrive in this family? And so, um, anyway, I don't know if that got lost in like the main question, but I think that for me, yeah, it's knowing, it's knowing your family and what they're needing and then curating this environment that can change with the needs, right. As the kids grow older and again, the guilt, I, I know that, I mean, I had a wise business friend just recently that's probably, you know, 
10 years down the road in terms of mom world, she just said, man, I used to feel so much guilt about having young babies and not being there when I was working, but yeah. they need you. They're, they're never going to not need you. Right. The, the greatest lie. I think so many people are like, Oh, well, once they hit elementary, they're in school and you can go have a business. Or once they're in X, Y, Z, no, it's never right. always, the needs just change. Right. Oh, Toddlers like physically babies, physically, I was nursing them on the phone with conference calls, you know, and then there's toddlers, yeah. like they need you. So they don't fall down the stairs. And then the emotional, as they grow older in elementary and junior high, all those things, they're just, the needs just change. And so I don't want to miss it. And I don't feel like I'm missing it. Yeah. Um, and I think too, I, you know, I'm, I've made radical decisions in order to make sure I'm maximizing my time with them and and minimizing my time away. So I just moved them, my little studio right next to my house and their school. So my commute is 40 seconds and I can walk across the street and go to lunch with them. Um, because those are the things that are important to me. And so it's, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been, and it didn't happen overnight, right? It didn't, it didn't happen where I was like, oh my gosh, you're just, you're so lucky. And oh, I waited and prayed for this studio for three years. It took three years to find one that was by my house where my commute was close, but I waited and I trusted and I believed. And I basically said, if one of these properties ever becomes available, I don't care if the rent is higher and it might not make sense. It will make sense for my life. Yeah. And that I'm willing to make yes. the sacrifices for more expensive rent or whatever, fill in the blank of what the sacrifice might be yeah. in order to gain That's back fair. those moments and the time and to be right here um, with my family. And again, I'm teaching my girls that they can do anything and be anything. We just launched in Target yeah. and she, Madeline walked in and was like, okay, mama, so are you going to start doing clothes next? Like what's next? She just thinks it's normal to walk into a store to see yeah. my handwriting on a product, which is crazy. And yeah. so, no, I love that. She goes to school and works and so does mama. And frankly, that makes negotiating the homework situation all the, all the easier, you know? Um, That's awesome. So. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's talk about your kiddos and and having a special needs kid. I I love like just watching him. <laughs> I watched on your Instagram about leaving the fake snow. Oh my machine. gosh. It was the oh, snowpocalypse. <laughs> and I showed yes. my husband. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. Well, Sweet so boy. what all, what do you want to know? Um, I don't know. I just, I think it's so, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think everything that you're doing to bring hit, to bring it to light and to, like educate your kids and support other families. And I mean, like the lucky few and your tattoo and like all the things. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I don't remember if we've already said it, but Jackson was my first and was born with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I've got a history of being an expert at Jackson and that doesn't even mean people with Down syndrome because I'm not right. Like, I think that's also the greatest greatest probably almost um misconception is that just because I have a person with down syndrome in my life so directly that I happen to be an expert at all things down syndrome when I'm not I I only have a nine-year-old yeah. and until you know until he's 12 uh-huh. and shaving or figuring out you know, all, all those <laughs> crazy things right yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm not crazy. there yet oh my gosh 
um, or 16 and trying to figure out mm-hmm. what that would navigate the, with the navigation of all of that, or when he's a young adult, like I just, I don't know what his future is and I don't know. Um, yeah. And I think that was almost my greatest, the greatest lie for me when, or the greatest struggle mm-hmm. when I, mm-hmm. when I heard about or realized about Jackson, when the doctors were like, okay, you know, he, Hey, we should let you know there's some signs here that your boy has trisomy 21. And anyway, his case was this an interesting, is a result of a Robertsonian translocation, which means there's extra genetic material that we had to get, do a lot of genetic testing for. So there was a, there was a moment where we thought that all kids biologically would have Down syndrome because of maybe some extra genetic material in either myself or my mm-hmm. husband, and it ended up not being the case. But for a while, we thought that. And so I think that mm-hmm. those were the days that the unknown felt so heavy and scary mm-hmm. and sad is because the future has the power to be magical or like this hellacious nightmare that you can't see or you can't grasp. Yeah. And for me, yeah. when I think about Jackson, if I can get lost in the what ifs and the what if he can't ever drive, what if he can't ever live on, on his own, what if he fill in the blank of the what ifs, those are the moments that make me feel or I can live in sadness of what might be. But the past is never sad. I'm never sad about things that have happened. I, he's the greatest gift that's ever been given to me. Um, and the present isn't sad. You know, I'm not, I am not currently sad and he's not sad about who he is. And that is what's so powerful and amazing is I don't know the future of May designs. Like I have no idea if our sales are going to skyrocket and we're going to be a whatever, what two, three, four, five X, what we are right in revenue for this year, or if we're going to crater and tank and close up shop in six months. Like I have no idea. I'm going to make my best guess and move forward with the knowledge that I have, right. For Jackson and special needs or my business. And so, um, anywho, he's, he's been the absolute greatest delight and he, he makes me a better person because I am a quick thinker, a quick mover, and there's nothing quick about Jackson. And he forces me yeah. to slow down and relish the moments and um I am so grateful for that yeah he is so cool I wish I could hang out with him he seems like a really cool kid he is <laughs> he is tons of fun if you bring queso you will be his so best friend oh um. my gosh yes um next time I'm in Austin yeah my friend my best friend works at Austin Stone and um so I might go visit her soon but um yes I will bring queso um so oh I just lost my train of thought but um you started to talk about the future of May Designs. And so that was like my last question. What in your magical, perfect world, what does May Designs look like in five, 10 years? Oh gosh. How about we just go with the next year? Or See, maybe five, one year. Five, 10 years. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I have no idea what's happening. And that's the truth. So people are like, what's your fancy business plan? You shut up. And next I'm like, I just, I don't know. No, I'm living in the moment. I'm having fun. So um, (laughs) I think my greatest challenge to myself is just continue having fun. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, I think we want to continue to build in into this lifestyle kind of brand where we're venturing into different verticals, right? The, we've got the paper space, mm-hmm. kind of gone into these hard goods with phone cases and tumblers, moving into more soft goods. We've got some tote bags um, and new home decor that's coming out soon, which is very exciting. I just posted it today on Instagram. So um, yeah, I think continuing to expand um, into again, the core mission of May Designs is making everyday moments more magical, right? So whether you're going to sleep and you love your bedding or you're waking up and you've got your phone case and your tumbler and you've got your moment of coffee or whatever it is you're drinking, um, making something that you pick up or put on every day, something that reflects your personality because I think that people are so unique. And if we can empower people to kind of live their best life, um, whether it's a pillow or a tumbler or a notebook or a pen or whatever it is in the future that's the core of May designs and that's what we'll continue to do um so yeah i'm excited about all the things anything that you can put yeah. a pattern on and potentially customize um <laughs> and make on demand yeah, that's my yeah. favorite thing i love it so. um i was gonna ask what promos are going on right now so you just said you launched some home decor <laughs> so as always stay tuned on made designs instagram for and yes. if you subscribe to our email that's usually the first place we talk about a sale um so yeah yeah those emails man i love them oh good like, what are what's the next goodie coming up so um bad. so okay before we leave i like to ask um what's are you loving right now? Like, did you, is there a new trend, especially with you guys in design? Is there a new trend going on that you're just like, oh, this is our new favorite thing? Um, I, from pattern perspective, you know, I think it's so interesting because so there's just a lot of consistency. People are loving, we just launched new monograms, which that is thrilling. Um, and it's no surprise that kind of the one that we all felt would be the top seller is in fact the top new monogram, which is kind of like this modern, lovely brush script. So, I mean, people are still love hand lettering. They love it if it looks hand lettered, that they, is the font. Um, so I think from a design perspective, but I think, you know, especially just this, like, I would say more the trend that we're seeing for 2019 is living on an authentic life. And so trying to be more, even more real, which I feel like our posts are fairly I mean, there's nothing fake about them, but less curated, less perfect, trying to capture moments, right? We don't sell products. We're, we're trying to equip you with the moment you want to have with your Bible in your journal or your podcast on your head, like your headphones in your phone case, right? Whatever the moment is that you're hopeful for, for your day, that's what we're trying to help you achieve. And so really trying to like, even just change some of our photography to capture those lifestyle moments, um, and like call for our customers and fans and friends to engage with us and help give us that great content, right? So that they're posting, oh, here is this lifestyle moment, not because we're paying thousands of dollars in its fancy Instagram influencer world, but because you love our product, right? We want, we're kind of on the grassroots marketing side of things and want to send people little gifts and things that they're excited to talk about and post. Um, and we want to help curate those moments again, that are inspiring people to live their best lives. And so I think living an authentic way and showing just real recipes or, 
you know, um, showing just real life moments with our kids, things that we are actually doing in real life, equipping people to have those same moments for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think that's what a lot of people need right now is less curated, more, more real yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Love it. Well, holy crap, Micah. This is so fun. <laughs> this so much fun. I'm not even kidding when I say this is like just an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. Um, tell us where we can find you on social media and on the internet. So I am at Micah May, M-I-C-A-M-A-Y for um, Jackson videos and dance parties and my real life. And yes, then um, <laughs> at May Designs, which is more notebooks and tumblers and moments that are hopefully sharing the goodness and not selling you too crazy. Yes. Um, and then maydesigns.com is where you can purchase things. So exciting. Well, Micah, we are so glad that you came on the Fearless Woman podcast today. And uh, we just thank you so, so much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you visit maydesigns.com from now through the next two weeks, if you use fearless20, the code fearless20, all caps, all one word, you're going to get 20% off your purchase. And that is a special gift straight from the office of May Designs. So huge shout out to them. And y'all, there's plenty of great holiday treats out there. It is perfect for all your holiday gift needs. Again, if you guys follow us on Instagram at Fearless Woman Podcast, if you tag us when we're when you're listening to the episode and like shout out whoever, or if you like are so excited that you found um, someone new to follow, like Christine from our episode today, shout it out and give them some love because they would love that. And we will put that right back in our story. Make sure you're subscribed to this show so it pops up in your feed on your app every single week. That way you don't have to go search for it. Um, and in the future in 2019, get ready because we are going to be putting out a live show. Yes, that is right. A live show somewhere here in Dallas and we're going to record it and it's going to be so much fun. So you guys get ready because it's something that we've never done before and I'm super stoked about it. Keep tuning in to this show. I am so thankful. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every person that's been listening to the show. It is so fun to just see every single week how many people are listening to these episodes and how many new people are going back to episode one and then just like binging the rest of them. It's it's super fun. If you have a story you want to share on the show, send us an email at the fearless woman podcast at gmail.com. If you have, or if you have someone that you think would be great to be on the show, just let me know. Um, if you have a business or a product or an online service or whatever that you really think would be a good fit for this audience of women, um, building their own businesses, building a business online, um, or maybe they have a storefront, uh, maybe they have some kind of side hustle project, and women who love Jesus and who are maybe in ministry or who are just really involved in the church, send us an email again, the fearless woman podcast at gmail.com. And we would love to have you as a sponsor on the show. I love being able to do that for people. 
it is super fun to just educate our audience on all the great things that are out there. Social, and we will catch you next Thursday.